This is the River Radius, a cultural nexus of rivers, people, and boats. I am your host, Sam Carter. Welcome. Hey y'all, this is Sam, your host. A quick message for you before we start this episode. We just launched a new giveaway this week on October 10th, 2023. We are working with Nice Kayaks to give away a brand new boat from those guys. This is an 11-foot-long inflatable kayak with a 500-pound capacity. This is a great boat in the water. I've paddled it a few times. Go to our website, theriverradius.com, or our link tree at Instagram to get registered. And good runs. Now back to this episode. This is the River Radius, a cultural nexus of rivers, people, and boats. I am your host, Sam Carter. Welcome. My name is Ethan Myers, and I came to this trip because I really like being by the water and I want to meet new friends. Everything else here, it's just so amazing what Native Teen Guide and Training does. They just bring everyone around here and they make it just feel like home. They make it feel like you're at home with cousins or your friends that you were with before. And it's just amazing what they're doing out here. This episode comes to you from the San Juan River in southeast Utah, from the lands of the Diné, the Navajo Nation, from the lives of 16 teenagers and six river guides. In June of this year, the Native Teen Guide and Training Program hosted its river guide training for the 12th year. Native Teen Guide and Training, or NTGIT, is a week-long program for teenagers from various tribal nations where they learn skills associated with working as a river guide. Early in 2021, I became aware of the NTGIT program and began paying attention to their work and was able to join the crew for a few days this year before and after their week of training on the river. I spoke with all of the guides and a lot of the students. To hear this story, we begin with Brandy Ateen. Brandy is the trip leader and has been with this program for several years. After this year's NTGIT trip was over, I was able to sit down with Brandy in the warehouse at Canyonlands Field Institute also known as CFI, in Moab, Utah. We sat on some van bench seats in the corner of the river warehouse next to canoes surrounded by river gear while the rest of the guide crew continued to work on the boats. I talked with Brandy about her river life and how she worked to get the guide crew for this year's NTGIT program to be completely comprised of indigenous river guides. Please meet Brandy Ateen. Uh, yeah, yeah. Shay Brandy Ateen, Ganishka, Tulich Ininishle. My name is Brandy. I am of the Bitterwater clan, um, born for Towering House clan. My maternal grandfather's clan is Zuni Edgewater, and my paternal grandfather's clan is um, Mini Goats. Uh, I am from Navajo Mountain, Utah. This is how I'm a Diné woman. So would you tell me about your, your relationship with rivers and also your river guiding history? Yeah. Carla Vandersanden, our co-founder of Kenny Lansfield Institute, I've known her since I was a baby. And she has this incredible story of me. Because I was asked, like, oh, like, like, how long have you been on the river? And I was like, oh, maybe, like, since junior high. And she was like, Brandy, no. She was like, I, she was like, I remember your whole family came out, you know, I think she were, you were like three or four years old and your dad was throwing like me and all my cousins and siblings in the river and all the kids were like crying, you know, get me out and stuff. And she was like, and your dad grabbed you, he tossed you in the river and you were crying because we took you out of the river. And I was like, huh, I don't remember that. 
I never really had a connection with the river, like, in my teens. And I, I don't think I really learned to appreciate it as much as I do now until probably my son was probably, like, five years old or something because I, I met some really great friends who go on private trips on the river. And all I did was just private trips, you know, with friends. And then... I was starting to think about it more and I reached out to Carla and I would kind of like to know more about the river life. Like if I want to take my son out or my family out, like I want to know like the ins and outs. And she was like, you can join this program. There's some native kids on there. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. And she just told me to show up to Sand Island. The guides, you know, like Alex, like he's in charge. So like you'll be able to meet him and there'll be another Navajo guest guide as well. I was like, okay, cool. So I honestly did not know what to expect. I was, yeah, I was just like, okay. And I showed up and that week on the river, just spending time with, you know, the guides observing like the CFI systems and like the curriculum and something just didn't really sit well with me, not in a bad way, but something was just like, this, this seems different And I realized I was just like, wow, I'm like, why aren't there more native guides, you know, educators teaching, we should be doing that. And 2020, like we didn't have a season. And in 2021, I was just guest guiding for CFI. And Alex, I remember like telling him that I I wanted to get more like indigenous guides. Brandy quickly ascends into the lead role of the NTGIT program, and her interest to establish a guide crew that is fully indigenous is welcomed by CFI. She then begins the pursuit of finding all of the guides for the trip. He told me about Avery, reached out to him, and then my friend Colleen. I've known her since fifth grade. We go way back. Uh, We played ball together, like in middle school and stuff. And I would see her on social media and she would be posting that she'd be like, oh, I'm on the river. And then I told her about what the program is and she was very interested. And then just bonding with them that very first trip just kind of got this thing going. So I was just reaching out to all like these indigenous guys because we already like had the date set. So I saw Sage on Instagram, just her photos. So I reached out to her. I reached out to a bunch of other Native guides as well. Today's sponsor is NRS. When I started the River Radius podcast, I knew I wanted to involve sponsors who contribute positively to our river community. NRS is one of the great river brands filling this role. Specifically, the NRS LEAD program, which stands for Leaders in Environment, Access, and Diversity. With LEAD, NRS is sponsoring not just athletes, but people who are making a difference in the outdoors. People like Jessica and Sammy Matsaw, who are reconnecting indigenous people with their ancestral homelands and traditions through river running. Learn more about the LEAD program at nrs.com L-E-A-D and by using the link in our show notes. Hey folks, this is Sam. Right now I'm driving a 2023 Nissan Rogue up a river canyon. Here we go. We're going to do some passing. This car is really strong and smooth with its transmission. It feels very powerful, very safe, and very steady. Easy to drive. Handles great. Has a small footprint in the lane, and yet it really feels like a big car. It's got big windows. I was driving it yesterday with four big guys. 
it handled the load great, it handled the space of us really well. This is the kind of car you can put your boats on the roof, you can load the back hatch with lots of river gear. The other thing I've noticed about this car is that it has an incredible turning radius. You can find your Denver area Nissan dealers online at www.nissanusa.com. In this industry, getting guides, it's a lot just because, you know, they have like their own like other jobs that they do or like working with other companies as well. I understood that and I would send them a detailed schedule of what we do and I would send them our curriculum materials so Colleen and Avery like have been observing like the past couple of years as far as like our curriculum goes and we add our own native flair on things because a lot of the curriculum that CFI does is from a white man's perspective. With this program, we're able to openly, you know, express ourselves as indigenous peoples because we're among like our relatives on the river and we can make jokes without without thinking we might offend someone but like we just get that as a community and Avery and Colleen definitely like understand that we've had really deep conversations about what we're going to do and planning this trip had a lot of those and just kind of updating them like with emails and stuff the beginnings of the NTGIT program root back to a conversation in the late 1990s between Carla Vanderzanden the founder of CFI and Sonny Red, an education advocate and rancher in southeast Utah. Carla was asking the big question of what's needed for students in that region. The conversation quickly was joined by Pat Seltzer, longtime principal in Monument Valley High School in Utah. At Monument Valley High School, Pat brought in a woman named Charlene Valentine Atine, who was a teacher at the school. This is Brandy Atine's aunt. Charlene's sister is Marlene Valentine, who was a health educator. These two women, along with Charlene's husband, Eric Atine, Brandy's uncle, are the beginnings of the NTGIT program. They started teaching classes on first aid, knots, desert hiking, ecology, geology, and history. At first, this was a day program, and eventually it became an overnight camp program with river components. Marlene and Charlene and Eric did this work with the kids building up the program. CFI was able to support the program and continue growing the NTGIT program. Navajo elders would come work with the kids, environmental information was added in, artists would teach classes, more river lessons were taught. The first official year was 2012. In 2018, there was a last-minute vacancy in the guide crew, and Brandy Atine, the niece of the program founders, was now a young river runner, a mom, she was curious about being a river guide, and she was invited to join the NTGIT program as a guest guide. Today, she is the lead guide for NTGIT, with all of that backstory of Brandy's joining NTGIT and solidifying the full indigenous crew, I asked Brandy to explain the details of what NTGIT is. What What is NTGIT? What is Native Teen Guide and Training? What's its purpose? What's the, what's the goal of the program? I get asked that question a lot. Native Teen Guide and Training is literally that. We get... Native teens from all over the country, and we teach them how to be guides on the river. Setting up camp, breaking down, rigging boats, like captaining a paddle boat, being on the oars, um, reading water, like teaching about like where the current is, what eddying out is, berry angling, throw bagging, swift water entry. Um, there's a lot that we do. 
we give these native teens the opportunity to try something different, step out of their comfort zone. And the Rio de Navajo, like the whole river left is the Navajo Nation. And a lot of these teens don't know that. This is our home. Like these, these waters are sacred to us. This land is sacred to us. Yes, you heard the Rio de Navajo. On a modern map, this river is labeled the San Juan River in southeast Utah. Brandy and others sometimes use a regional vernacular of Rio de Navajo, same river, different names. Some of these native teens that come to us, you know, they grew up in a traditional like home like I did, you know, and some of them are coming from the city. And these kids, it's a way for them to kind of come together and connect because some kids that grew up in the city, like they want to know more about their culture. They want to see another another person just like them, you know, have that camaraderie, you know, come together. And it's really great to see. I remember one of the first years, like, I was on this trip, we had this um, kid from, um, I want to say Mississippi, come out, and he was just like, he was like, I just want to know more about, like, my peoples and stuff. All these kids are, they come from different tribes. Yeah, we just teach them to be Native guys, but we also let them know, like, the hardships as being an Indigenous person in this outdoor industry, because it's, it's really hard, you know, for most Indigenous peoples, like, aren't, like, we're not accustomed to being, like, living this lifestyle, and, yeah, we just want to let, like, kids know, like, you can kind of do anything as you get older, and, like, if you want to be in this industry, we'll help you, like, we'll open doors for you, and it just kind of, like, gives them an idea of what you want to do as you get older, and we're visited by other guest speakers, past couple of years, we've had Arnold Clifford, who is Diné ethnobotanist. He's just amazing. And he, he also grew up traditionally, so he would give these traditional stories to the kids. And he's just like so knowledgeable of every single plant, a rock, insects. I mean, we, we only walk like less than a mile and he just, he could take up a whole two hours just talking about certain plants. He knows the English name, the Latin name, you know, and Navajo name. And he knows like what it's used for or like if it's edible, you know, and and like he'll give like the nickname of it and he'll like explain why. And he's just, yeah, really amazing and incredible. And then this year we've had the utmost pleasure of having Regina Lopez White Skunk, who is Ute Mountain Ute. She came out and just gave like a wonderful discussion to the kids and I was um, in the kitchen, you know, listening, and it was just really amazing to see these kids just, like, focus in on her. Like, it was quiet. She just said a lot of really nice things that really, like, struck my heart because that's definitely how I felt, um, where she was, like, telling like, you, you have a voice. Use your voice. You're so young, you know, like, you can do anything you want to do. And, you know, I was so glad I was wearing sunglasses because I, was, like, cried a little bit. Yeah, and these kids can get guest speakers like that, you know, to come out and plant little seeds in their mind. They have questions all the time, and that's what I always tell them, like, ask questions. So Native Teen is more than river guiding. We're also guiding them in life as well. We'll get on mic with all of the guides, Colleen, Sage, Avery, Jade, and Nanaba. Before we do that, I was able to talk with several of the teens in the programs, I met the NTGIT program before and after that river trip. Here are three conversations with the kids before they go on the river. Okay, would you tell me your name and would you tell me about yourself? Uh, my name is Presley Reese Dixon and I'm from Navajo Mountain, Utah. Well, my mom is from there. And I live in Flagstaff, Arizona. 
This is your third year? Yeah, this is my third year. So why the first time? Why did you join in TGIT the first time? Because I just wanted to open up my options because like I do sports and stuff and I just want to open up my world a little bit and see what the river was like because I did a river trip my sixth grade year and I really loved being like near nature and stuff like that. So I was like, well, I'll not give this a try. So. And then you're back for year three. Why are you back for year three? Because I feel like I have a lot of knowledge and stuff and my experience to share with these new, like, newbies. And I, <laughs> I really love the scenery and I still have my favorite camping spot on this river. I just like to see, like, the river rushing and just being more filled each year. Because my first year here, it was, like, pretty low and calm. So it's pretty amazing just seeing it like change over the years that I came here. Cause it's pretty big right now. Yeah, it's pretty big. I never seen it this big when I came here. Tell me what the river looks like to you right now. Chocolate milk. That's what it looks like to me. That's what it always reminds me of. <laughs> what about the what about the textures? Like the way the surface the surface looks. It looks so like peaceful, calming, like the ocean. And maybe that's why I like it, because the ocean's really pretty. And you, in the, pa- in the past years, you've learned how to row the boats and do the paddle guiding? Yeah. Yeah. I learned how to guide and work as a team with all these other people. And I feel like I really improved on using the oars and just knowing where the river is, like the cat paws, and all these little phrases and stuff. What are the cat paws? It's where it's, like, really shallow and it's, like, kind of, like, pops up. And you see like these really white spots and those are the cat paws. Oh my gosh, I've never heard that. So you want to avoid the cat paws. Yeah, so you don't get stuck on the cat paws because like they grab you a little bit. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, great. That's good. That's good. What are some other terms that you use to describe? Like when you're out there, like what is some other guide language that you know? Mm, there's prowling or prowling or something like that. Oh, prying. Prying, yeah. Prowling. Prying, yeah. Or you have to like put the king stick. It's like one of these really big red sticks on paddle boats, and you just like go and like move with it and pry it on the side of the boat, so you can like easily turn faster, which is pretty nice. Yeah, it's awesome. I know that move. <laughs> you know, you kind of answered this, but go ahead. Tell me, tell me about your relationship with rivers. After all these years, like, how do you how do you look at rivers? How do you feel about rivers? I just find it so calming and like a relief I can like release all my stress and just float down the water and just not worry about anything else. We have the questions here from your NTGIT application. Name one characteristic, skill, or knowledge that you can bring and share during the program. My culture, most definitely my culture, because we all have different teachings, like everyone's a different tribe and some people are the same tribe as me and I'm Navajo. And it's just nice to learn like how other people do the different tradition traditions that we do and ceremonies. And I'm like, oh wow, I do something different and then they do something else, which is pretty cool. And I get to learn other things like how they do the ceremonies and stuff. And, and like, does that stick with you? Like you go home after the first and second year and you've learned the way these other kids are doing things in, in their culture. Like, are you taking that and kind of sharing that with your family? Oh yeah, sometimes I share that with them and they're like, what the heck, really? I'm like, yeah, they do it this way and this way. And they're all, that's really interesting. 
Okay, last question on the list that you chose. What are you hoping to get out of this program? Elaborate. I'm hoping to learn more, like, water phrases and, like, stuff that the river guides say. And I'm hoping to catch on to that because I want to be a river guide. Like, and do a summer job out of this. And just learning about different tribes on this river and, like, noticing more little artifacts and their their homes and it just kind of pretty nice just seeing like other cultures on the river and I get to learn more as I go throughout these years okay that's all I got for you thank okay. you for your time yeah thank you have a great time this week would you start off and tell me your name I'm Soraya did you enjoy the river yes and no I mean it was fun like the rapids and everything but, like, it was, like, so scary because, like, the rapids, like, would almost throw us off all our boat. It was, like, crazy. But mm, overall that, I really liked it. It was really nice and pretty and calm. I'm curious how you think about rivers and, and after having been on this trip last year. Do you look at rivers and think about rivers differently? Yeah, what's your relationship with rivers? Mm, my relationship with rivers... <laughs> um, I would say that's a pretty good relationship. Honestly, I like being in the water. I love it. It's like so refreshing. It's also like I don't know. It just brings back a lot, like a lot of your inherited moments. So you're just like, oh wow, this is the river is something like part of me. So I guess I have to experience it. You know? What does that mean, inherited moments? Like, in here moments, like, ancestry, like, how they used to, like, be on the river all the time. So I just kind of inherited those moments, because now I can see why they do, like, go on the river a lot. And after experience, I'm just like, oh, wow, this is pretty great. I like it. So I began to, like, actually, like, being in the water a lot after that moment. Would you tell me your name, and would you tell me about yourself? My name is Jason, and I am half Navajo. I don't have a big background with my tribe, but I'm ready to learn about it. Is that part of why you, you were on this trip? Uh, yeah. I joined because I really just wanted to go on the river and learn all these team exercises and new people I can share with and be out on the river. Tell me about your relationship with rivers. Uh, I don't go to them a lot. I uh, have been one down in Idaho, and that's really all I've been, so I'm really happy that I get to spend one more river trip on the uh, San Juan. So you had all these questions that you had to answer for your application to get into NTGIT. So what is one thing that caught your attention when reading or hearing about the Native Teen Guide and Training Program? I, w I was actually watching a video about the, the trip, and just all the interviews were great, and it looked like a fun place to be. So I just joined. Okay, my last question for you. What's what's one thing that you think the other kids on this trip will learn about you this week? I don't know. I pretty much opened myself up as much as possible. I don't know if I'm 100% fun to hang around or anything, but just trying to be the best me I can be. That's a great answer. <laughs> That's a really good answer. That's it. Okay. Thanks. Have a great week. You too.
On this NTGIT trip, there are six river guides. Four of them are deeply experienced river guides, and two are new to guiding and have come through the NTGIT program. You'll meet those two later. Here, I talk with Avery Old Coyote, a professional river guide and a college educator. Please meet Avery Old Coyote. My name is Avery Old Coyote. I was born in Bozeman, Montana, uh, and I grew up. I split time on two different reservations in what we now call Montana. Um, My mom is from the Flathead Nation in western Montana, and my dad is from the Crow Nation in eastern Montana, of which I am a member. So I kind of, being born in Bozeman and living on both the east and the west side, I kind of claim the whole thing. I am fortunate enough to have been a part of a family that valued education. Um, My parents met at Montana State University. I was just kind of expected to go to college. I'm so I'm so glad and fortunate that that was the expectation because now, you know, as an educator, as an academic, you know, I look back on those times very fondly and with a lot of gratitude that I had those experiences because it's not often that we get those on reservations. We're often times overlooked. The evening that I talked with Avery, he was working with the NTGI students as they prepared to launch on the river the next day. He sat with me for an interview on the tailgate in my truck, and he was making the remote video presentation of his keynote address for a graduating college class up north at Lane Community College, where he teaches. Many of the guides and students from the NTGIT program made reference to Avery with the phrase, Avery said. Here is some of what Avery said regarding why he works with the teens in the NTGIT program. It's, it's hard. It's really difficult out here, you know, to be native in the 21st century because there's so much expectation. There's so much, there's so many stereotypes. There's so many things that, expectations, yes, but unattainable impositions of what we, we can't even live up to. There's no way. You know, down here, we're, we're in the Southwest in the desert and I see depictions of natives in headdresses down here. I mean, there's just so many misrepresentations, misappropriations of our culture, just blanket statements, broad brushstrokes. It really is a failure of the the larger and broader American education institution, a huge failure on that part. I mean, what a weird thing that we don't even know about ourselves. It's not actually that big of a surprise to me in the broader picture of the United States that people don't understand or have a, a complete picture of of who we are but it's really painful to think that we don't even know about ourselves and so to be able to have this opportunity to to teach these young ones and to be proud to have pride in their own identity and be comfortable in their skin which isn't red <laughs> yeah this is it's an amazing opportunity because of the education system is failing us, you know, on so many levels. How do you, how do you start to explain the pictographs and the, the petroglyphs and all the human history, you know? Because they, they damn sure don't talk about that in, in school for them. There's so many traps as a guide when you're native. Um, I work for a very large company professionally, and... Oftentimes I'm asked to give interp, cultural interp on petroglyphs and pictographs. And, you know, if I'm, I'm, 
I'm really conflicted with that. I'm torn because on one hand, oftentimes these aren't my histories. These aren't, these, these art pieces of art don't come from those from whom I come. And so it's not my story to tell. What are you here to teach them? Are you here to teach them how to run rivers or to live life? I, th- I think it's both. Yeah, I think I think rivers are such a beautiful metaphor for life. I think it's it has to be both. Really what I'm here to do is to teach them when you build a relationship with these places and within these spaces, you don't have to do it at the expense of your identity. You don't have to do it at the expense of your culture. You can actually feature it. Yeah, I think I think being able to teach these these youth how to navigate a river is a broader lesson in how to navigate life. It's it's about grit, it's about stick-to-itiveness, it's about resiliency. And there's only one way through life, and there's only one way down a river. If you're rowing upstream, good luck. You got to keep rowing, and, and these kids, man, these reservations, feels like you're paddling upstream. And so it's, it is, I'm, 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 I hope that, I don't, I don't think I ever explicitly say, you know, this is, this is how you can approach life. I think those lessons will come. I feel like we're kind of planting seeds here. We read quotes at CFI all the time. I saw one that said, you know, they, they tried to bury us, but little did they know that we were seeds. Today's episode is sponsored by the Denver area Nissan dealers. Right now I'm driving my Nissan Frontier long bed, four door truck with a camper shell. We're on a 6% grade climbing uphill. Three dudes in the truck, bed full of gear, pulling a trailer with three boats stacked, all the gear. And we are just climbing. This Frontier has a nine speed transmission, super smooth, uphill shifting, real steady climbing. Roads are slick. Truck's holding great. It's just a really comfortable, safe, strong boating truck. You can find your Denver area Nissan dealers online at www.nissanusa.com. This episode is sponsored by NRS, a company that provides just about every piece of river gear you might want for your river journeys. My most important piece of river gear is my PFD I imagine you can understand this. I've been boating for most of my life, and as an adult, I have owned six PFDs for the last 12 years. All of my PFDs have been from NRS. For this critical piece of gear, I trust NRS for their design, stitching, and flotation. I have swam for fun with this PFD, and I have swam with this PFD because I flipped my boat. My NRS PFD did the work and kept me on top of the water, stayed tight, and didn't get in the way when I climbed back in my boat. But most importantly, my NRS PFD is comfortable all day long. Check out their PFDs at www.nrs.com or in the show notes for this episode. As you heard from Brandy, this trip was staffed by a full crew of indigenous river guides for the first time in the 12-year history of the NTGIT program. The guides and the students talked about this with me a lot, and it was obvious that this was deeply important. In this next conversation... I speak with Sage Purser, one of the guides. She comes from Maine, where she was raised and where her river relationship is rooted. This trip in 2023 was her first with NTGIT. 
The rest of the guide crew had worked on NTGIT trips in the past. Sage was able to speak about the experience of this full indigenous crew and student group from her objective and subjective view. I spoke with Sage at the boat warehouse after the trip. Please meet Sage Purser. My name is Sage Purser. I'm a citizen of the Yakima Nation, and I grew up in Wabanaki Territory, so what is now Maine. How was your experience this past week working with these young, with these young guides in training? It was incredible. I've, I've tried to put it in words already, and it's, it's really hard. We've debriefed some, even like as we were paddling to takeout and then the drive to the warehouse and, and everything. And, and last night we stayed up really late, <laughs> like debriefing it. And this is an incredible experience, something that I've never experienced before, like being with what feels like home with indigenous guides that understands just everything about, I don't know, you. Like when someone sees you, like for you and your identity, it's, it's an incredible experience. You know, I'm hearing that. I heard that from some, some of the kids. Tell me more. Tell me more about that. So from what I overheard, the youth, because they, you know, were in cook crews and they were doing all of the the chores of when you yeah get to camp and I overheard them just explaining like they smelled actually Colleen smudging with sage and it was burning one morning and I smelt it and I was like oh okay like I want to smudge too like I need that it was rapid day so I was feeling a little anxious but like pumped at the same time like oh this is gonna be great and I heard the youth and they were like oh my goodness I smell sage and they were so excited, and they're like, oh, that smells like home. And it was just a comforting experience because that's something that I do before, like, my big trips. Like, if I knew I paddle, like, Class 5 white water on the West Branch, and before every trip, like, I smudge and everything. And some of the other people are like, oh, so you're just smudging because they're used to it, but it's not, like, a collective thing. Like, people won't really gather, and, like, it's not an experience I can share in that way with people that understand and and know what that means. And the youth, yeah, they smelt it. They went over to Colleen. They asked if they could smudge too. And they were just doing it. Like there was no explanation needed. So give me the explanation. I mean, I've smudged in my life, but it's always been like, I really appreciate it and enjoy it, but it's not, it's not a home for me. Mm. It's um, not a primary experience at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell me, tell me what it means for you and what, and I guess really like at the base level for the people who are listening who have no idea what smudging means, explain that too. Yeah, I, I can explain it generally and I guess what it means to me individually because I don't want to speak for other people because there's different cultures that have different relationships with it. For me, it's, it's cleansing. It's how I like to start my day. I, I don't do it daily, but if I'm having a tough day or I know I'm really anxious, if I smudge, so if I light sage, and sometimes it's in a clam shell, and I just like brush it over you and like throughout your whole body, over my eyes, over my face, kind of in my mouth, and then my hair, and then under my feet, it just feels like boom. Like, all right, I'm ready to start the day. I feel, I feel connected, I feel grounded, and I'm ready to go. And that experience of smudging, 
and seeing Colleen do it and then like me join in and then the youth come over they like I know they felt that too and they're like yeah this is how we're gonna start our day this is this is home it's what I smell at home it's what my grandmother or my grandfather like taught me it's not something separate like that we're doing just because it's like this is who we are this is a traditional practice What's another, what's another way, like another experience out there that, that can also help me and the listeners understand the collective indigenous experience that you're having in this past week with, with this group? Mm-hmm. And then I feel like by asking, it's like a bit of put it on display. And I don't mm. want that to be the curiosity. Right. I do want the listeners to understand the deep value of this trip being exclusive for indigenous kids and indigenous guys. Like there's a value to it that I think is hard for me to quantify, clarify. So that's what I guess I'm looking for. Yeah. It is really hard to put into words because it's like a feeling. It's a connection. I did a Grand Canyon trip. I was the only indigenous person. I knew like going into that, that the, the river and the lands that we were recreating on, right. were sacred homelands of multiple tribes and I felt that and I was like wow I feel so connected here and this isn't even my home like this isn't even my homelands but I couldn't express that and like share that feeling with my crew because no one else had that understanding they appreciated it which was great they were like oh yeah like we're gonna respect you know the river the lands you know pick up after ourselves do all the things but that connection wasn't there. And like, even for me, right? Cause I'm, I live in Maine, Wabanaki territory, I'm Yakima from Washington state. And again, I'm on this river experience with indigenous youth. Many of them, this is their homelands. And to be able to share that connection with them and their experience was just incredible. I think they call it like a blood memory when you go to a place that you know your ancestors have been and are so connected to. Like we went and saw petroglyphs and we hiked up to it and we sat there and we talked about, Avery brought up like our rights as indigenous people and how they've been threatened and why we personally don't know all the stories due to colonization and that's not our fault and how we're reconnecting and like creating these spaces with these youth, with all indigenous people, we're rebuilding that. We're strengthening that connection each time that we come together. Yeah. One of the things I love about young adults, teenagers, kids, students, is that they are a gauge of truth. They can explain so clearly what can sometimes be tricky to clarify. I asked some of the students after their trip about their experience being with a group that is all indigenous. How's it going? I'm doing good. Tell me your name. Uh, my name is Ethan Wires. And Ethan, tell me about your week. How was your river experience? Wow, it's just, I couldn't just say it in the short time we have, but I don't know. It was really amazing. I met a bunch of friends who did a ton, and it was really different from last year since I was here last year. Like, last year I think we did like 32 miles. This year we did 83, and it's just been crazy because, like, for the past 
three or four days. We've just been on the river every day. So this this trip has this emphasis. It's a very intentional emphasis that all of the students are indigenous and that all of the guides are indigenous. Does that... Are you glad about that? Yeah, I'm glad. Like Avery was saying, it's a really rare experience to have all natives in such a small space on our land. And just going around on the water, having fun together. We all get to know each other, and we got get to see all of our backgrounds. And we get to see that we're all, all like excited, and we all get happy when we're making fry bread and stuff like that. You're, you're having this experience this week. Is it rare that you find yourself in a place in your life where you are truly surrounded by only indigenous people? Yeah, I mean, it's really rare. Like at school where I go to, there's only like three indigenous people at the entire school, not including my siblings. So it's like, in my grade, there's none. But I know in like fifth grade, I see two of them walking around. This is like the only place that I feel that there's a bunch of native people, like all around in the same spot, enjoying the same things. And so it's combined with the river. But yes. even if the river wasn't here, it would still be a powerful experience. Yeah, if the river wasn't here, like, the river is what brought all of us together. And I feel even if we didn't have the river and we knew each other, we'd all probably still come, even if it's just, like, a camping experience. Just, like, no river, just staying at the camp, doing activities, having a good time. I mean, the river brought us all together, and if the river went away... I feel like we'd all still be together. It's good. I appreciate your time. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Would you start off and tell me your name and tell me about yourself? My name's Rihanna Flessy Begay. My middle name is my Nolly's name. I come from Blue Gap, Arizona. I'm full Navajo. And I'm usually on the field outside taking care of animals as sheep horses dogs cats even like chickens tell me tell me about being with a group that's all indigenous this week it felt nice it was fun some people understood me when i was counting or saying stuff in my own language they understood it they understood what i was saying i felt like I wasn't the only one, like usual sometimes. One time, I went to another camp, but it wasn't all indigenous people, in which I felt kind of one person. I knew there was other indigenous people, but I already knew them, and I wanted to get to know new people. And I just felt like I was left out, or just the odd duck. And whenever I talked my language there, they would look at me so confused and ask me what I'm saying. But I say that my language is a great thing to have. And like yesterday, yesterday was a real fun thing. We actually made fried bread and Navajo um, burgers, which was pretty fun. <laughs> I got to spin the fried bread, watch everyone make fried bread, make the dough, cook the burgers cut the things and all that so yeah it was really fun to be around other indigenous people is it is for you is there like a a deeper relaxation being in a group that's all indigenous yeah i agree 
I agree that I was more relaxed than other times. Before I left and before we left and went onto the water, they gave us some corn pollen to pray. And I just saw a lot of people grabbing the corn pollen and praying. So it was nice to see that. One of the guides for the NTGIT program is Colleen Cooley. We begin with Colleen introducing herself. My name is Colleen Cooley. Yat e she e Colleen Cooley yonishya kenya ani nishle wogadina bashishchin twahegleni dashiche glazelhana dashanella shant twahdan do bistog lejndeshkij dan nasha akutau e dina estanishle. So that is how I normally introduce myself. So I said my clans, and I also mentioned the two communities that I come from, which are Shanto and Blue Gap, Arizona. And this is how I identify myself as a Navajo woman. Colleen has a river background that began in a college class that used a river trip as part of the learning atmosphere. And her sister, Nikki Cooley, was a river guide who built a similar program to the NTGIT program, yet for college-age students. Colleen joined her sister's program, and over the next few years, she worked as a river guide. In 2021, she was invited by Brandy to join the NTGIT guide crew, and that is where we pick up the conversation with Colleen. So this is my third year as a guide educator for the Native Team program. Uh, you, you must like it. I mean, you must really... You oh must. my gosh, I love it. That very first year in 2021, there were only a few people because we were still in COVID. People were still wary mm-hmm. about COVID during that time. So we only had 10 kids uh, as opposed to right now. There are, are 16 with us today. And I always knew I wanted to work with youth and native youth and just seeing their transformation from day one to the last day of the trip and I was pretty emotional because it's something I wish I had a connection to when I was younger and one of the things I told them at the end of the trip is you can always come back to this place this is your home Mm -hmm. this is your home even though there are boundaries you know um, around this landscape like political legal boundaries. Yes, political yeah. legal boundaries. Yeah, yeah. But this is something you can always come back to if you want to. Mm-hmm. So, um, and yes, some of the those teens have come back to be part of this program. Right. There's two students, two two of the guys on this trip were students in the past. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And actually, Jade, uh, she was on the trip. I was on the very first one in 2021. So now she's a guide. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so even. That's a success story right there. <laughs> As you see it, in your mm-hmm. perspective, what's the what's the intention of the of NTGIT Native Teen Guide and Training? What's your, what's the intention of this program? The intention is to have Native Indigenous youth be immersed into both the educational side and the cultural side of what it means to be out on this landscape as a guide or as a visitor to expose them to all the different features of what's on land, what's on the water, what's on the boats, (laughs) and showing them like, hey, this is possibly what you can do. And I'm... 
I think both myself and Brandy can speak to this, but we're both invested in this because the Native teens need to see, I think, someone that looks like them, someone that can relate to them. And that's what we want them to see, too, that they can, you know, be an educator. I I don't know. I'm kind of, for me, I think because of what I went through when I first started out as a guide, I don't want any of these kids to go through that. I want to be careful with where I recommend them to go. And I think CFI is one of the places they can go to if they wanted to do something like this because the support is there. I I hope in the future that I can provide some sort of support system and new up-and-coming Native guides. They can turn to me to talk to or I can share my own experience and navigate through this industry because it's still very dominated by non-Native people. And there's a lot of, I think, barriers and challenges. Is that is that what you feel like you were, like some of the challenges you faced when you were an active river guide that you were one of the very few if not the only native guide and that this other cultural realm was was just kind of like a a non-communication feature i mean is that does that start to even knock on the door of what you're talking about i think they're not necessarily around communication i think it's more microaggressions or male their way of thinking and maybe patriarchy, thinking that woman can't lift a heavy box or something or row, basically have the strength to do things as much as the men. Yeah, there's there's a number of things I think some women still face, not just Native women, I think all women that are in this industry. And I've heard a number of stories, not just on this river, but other rivers and other companies in the outdoor industry that are still facing this. This year's NTGIT trip had two members of the guide crew who came from the NTGIT program over the past few years, Jade Sulu and Nanaba Stover. For Jade, this was her first guide work ever. For Nanaba, this is her first guide work with NTGIT, and she has done some land-based canyoneering guide work over the past couple of years. At the River Warehouse, after this year's NTGIT trip, I sat with both Nanaba and Jade together to hear about their experience working as guides with NTGIT the place that gave them the boost into guiding. Here, please meet Jade Sulu and Nanaba Stover. My name is Jade Sulu. I'm from the Navajo Nation. My name is Nanaba Stover. I'm from the Navajo Nation in Arizona. My mom's Navajo and my dad's Lakota. We've always lived down here. How was your, how was your experience this week? You're no longer on the kid's side, you're on the guide side. How's your experience? Let's start with you, Nanaba. I remember being a participant and then just seeing the guides and seeing everything from like the participant point of view. I always felt like the participants had it harder and then I became a guide and I never realized how much the guides went through until I became one. Describe that more, like what, what is it that you now understand the guides go through? I just never realized how how much they do just to get on that trip. They have to like pause everything on their like their work life, their family and their friends and just pause that just to get on a river for seven days and watch kids and teach them about the river. Jade, how was your experience this week? It was different being on the guide side of it and 
understanding the full concept from getting the participants from them arriving to camp and them from leaving it was different you watched the whole growth on top of it you had some bumps on the way you weren't quite sure what would happen next i love i love it and i enjoyed the trip do you feel like you're going to keep going and, and continue to work as a river guide in the future I would really love to just to continue being a guide because I just love educating people on the reality of being a guide because I feel like it's really glamorized and that like people really like oh you know the tips are great like you get to meet new people it's a fun job but it has its bumps you got to understand that if you're going to do this job that you're going to go through bumps and I would really love to continue being a guide. And I would like to just work at different companies, like different guiding companies in different places, because I just want to get experience everywhere. As I continued talking with Jade and Nanaba, as river guides will do, they told me a river story. On one of the days on the water, the trip leader, Brandy, was letting a student row the 18-foot gear boat, doing the teaching work that they're doing out there. The student was learning the oars and they entered a rock garden, a small rapid. Some huge winds picked up and blew this 18-foot gear boat just enough that it shifted its currents and got stuck on a big rock. From what I understand, the boat was stuck for about an hour. The rest of the boats and guides were downstream quite a ways, except Jade and Nanaba. They were in their own boat and they were on the shore next to where Brandy was stuck. They wanted to help, but Brandy was just too far out in the river. So Brandy and the student on her boat had to do the boat rock, get it unstuck moves for an hour. This was a lot of stress on all of them. And when they got to camp, Nanaba and Jay didn't really know what to think. They were the young guides. They thought Brandy would be mad at them. They believed they should have been able to do more. They wanted to do more. They were describing to me that tension and confusion that can happen in river rescue settings that can also be scary. I asked them more about that part of their week as young guides. I'm thinking about this story you just told me about the rocks getting stuck and the boats and, and helping each other get off. And I'm curious what you think about all the different experiences you've had at NTGIT and how they helped you be ready in that moment when Brandy was stuck. I think I was ready because I've had training with throw bagging and the proper way to do it in anchoring and just swinging them to the side of the river so they can get on the shore. So I was confident that if a kid or a participant would fall out, I was going to be able to get them back out. And with Nanaba and her ideas of getting them out, I think she learned a lot of that from her experience with guiding, which I think she should talk to. Yeah, I feel like the Teen Native Guide program really taught me how, how to just be ready for that that anything could happen and that to not get ahead of yourself because like the river and stuff like that will humble you just by them the guides telling us their own stories i think that really helped i guess show me but with brandy being a great leader and having our team come up and support us and like we're here to support you it was reassuring it was Something I've never been around before, except for my mom. Where I grew up, or where I was on the res, 
if you get in a situation, you need to get yourself out. There's no one to lean on for help. It's better to just do it yourself. And to have my team be like, you can lean on me if you need support. It was really different in a good way. And I felt really comfortable and safe with them because I was like, okay, like I don't have to handle all of this by myself. I have them to talk to or lean on. I, I don't think I would have handled it the way I did without them. I probably would have been way more frustrated than Brandy. And for her to handle it so well, from what I was seeing, she's being patient. That's what river guiding is all about, is patience, going with the flow, and just working your way around those things. To piggyback off of what Jade was saying, it's really hard to get used to leaning on people. It's like you've been standing by yourself for so long. You forget that there's like other people there you can lean on. It's so different from the res. It's, it's not different in a bad way, but it's like different in a good way. CFI is definitely a great place and I definitely think I'll be coming back next year and working with, for them again because I want to get all the experience I can here before I start going to other companies. As we bring this episode to a close, I want to share one last voice with you. Early in this episode, you heard from Soraya, one of the students of the NTGIT program. I met Soraya this summer, and this was her second year with NTGIT. Early this fall, Brandy, the trip leader for NTGIT, called me. It was a call that I could feel immediately was important and sad. Brandy called to tell me that Soraya had passed away recently from an accident while riding her bike. From the River Radius, to all of her river running friends at NTGIT, to the guides, and most importantly, to her mom, her dad, and her sisters, and all of her family, we feel the sadness, and we want to share a little of her voice with you. Here is Soraya. I'm Soraya. I'm half Navajo and half Kisani. And my clans are Tachini Nishle, Glizik Lene Beshitin, Tuahana Deshite, Kisani Deshinela. And I am from Utah, Salt Lake, Utah. My dad's side comes from like the Grand Canyon. And then my mom's side comes from Four Corners. I got three sisters. I began to learn that like you have to be very grateful for everything you have in life because it can't be taken for granted, you know? And so I was just like, oh, wow, you know, I'm so happy I have all this stuff. And I don't have to live out here like how they did back then, you know? And so I was just like, okay, well, now I know and I know how, how it feels to be out here and live out here. And so that just kind of, like, humbled me. I was just like, all right, well, I'll do better. <laughs> So, yeah, that's, like, one lesson I learned out here. I see trees. I see a lot of plants, the sky, a canyon. I like being out in nature a lot.
A Turtle Island-sized thank you goes out to the Native Teen Guide and Training Program and to the Canyonlands Field Institute, to Brandia Teen for hosting the River Radius, to all of the guides at NTGIT, and to all of you teens, thank you for talking with me. Today's sponsors are NRS and the Denver area Nissan dealers. There are links for NRS and Nissan in the show notes. To learn more about the NTGIT program, follow the links in our show notes. We have their website and links to videos. You can also search for Native Teen Guide and Training Program at Canyonlands Field Institute. Our giveaway is in full swing. You can register for the boat. We are giving away with nice kayaks on our website, www.theriverradius.com. That giveaway closes on October 20th. It's a sweet, nimble, and stout inflatable kayak. I've paddled these boats, and they are great in whitewater and can haul loads for overnight trips. Here at the River Radius, our social media is produced by Samantha Sice. Today's music is composed and performed by Gene Reiniger. Be in touch anytime. Hello at theriverradius.com. Thanks so much for joining The River Radius. I am Kui Denny. My first name is actually Kuu Ipo. I'm Navajo and half Hawaiian. I've always loved the water and I'm on a swim team. And I've danced almost my whole life. I'm a jingle dress dancer and a hoop dancer. I also did hula for a little bit of my life. And yeah. Uh, my name's Natani Blackhorse, and about myself is I'm very artistic and I actually like nature, so that's why I joined this program. I actually make like these sounds, <laughs> like gribbling sounds. <laughs> I'm Jadessa Sugi, and I'm full Navajo, and yeah. Uh, I'm Kaya. <laughs> And I'm Navajo. I'm Desba. I'm half Navajo and half Lakota. I like going like paddleboarding and like canoeing and stuff with like my family. So I like it. I like the river. Can you tell me about your relationship with the river? I mean, our relationship's moving forward, but I mean, it's a bit sandy right now. It's a bit rocky, I guess. <laughs>